All right, welcome back to episode 196 of Two Drunk Brothers in the Podcast. We are coming at you today. We got March Madness on the slate. Big March Madness episode like we do every year. We're going to talk about NFL free agency slash trades that's been going on. And then we're going to cover, we're going to slightly talk about UFC 286. Not so much those last two as much as it is March Madness. Um, but yeah, me and Ethan here today on our other side of the weekend from Ethan's bachelor party. No Jarrett, uh, maybe a little bit. I think he's still recovering a little bit slash busy slash did man time. So just me and Ethan, if my voice sounds like shit, it is still gone. That's why. Yeah, no shit. I am uh, Long a couple, couple octaves deeper than normal, I feel like, because of <laughs> the weekend and my voice being gone. But uh, yeah, no, it was a fun one. It was a hell of a drive back. I got caught in snow, of all things, for the middle of fucking March for like the last three hours of my drive. <laughs> but it was, it was a good weekend. It was fun. It was good to see everybody. So Yeah, we uh, the boys got together. Lots of drinking. Lots of gambling. I mean, fuck. We gambled on so much <laughs> like, shit. We uh, So Friday night, for all of you that are listening, because we are a gambling podcast, between the, I'd I'd say eight of us, but not all eight of us gambled, but I'd say between six of us, um, one, and I'm not going to count Jarrett, we'll talk about him in a second, but just of the six of us, I think we won close to $1,000. Um, just all, all in all, because we had a couple win, about 250 couple of us won like a hundred or so. Um, and then Jarrett. And then, and then Jarrett. Me, <laughs> me, me, Ethan, and Jarrett. So the three drunk brothers collectively put together a parlay in the club. And Jarrett was like, I'm throwing $260 on it. <laughs> he did to win like 2.1K. And it hit. Insane. And it, it came nuts. down to grambling. Which love hate relationship with them after this weekend? Just but, hate. Uh, nope. No love. <laughs> just hate. Fuck them. But man, what a what a fucking way to do it! Just drunk. We were just like, yeah, here's some here's some games. Jared's like, I'm gonna fucking throw the bank on it, and made even more banks. So nuts. It was, it was nuts. Nice. We all should have done it, but no. What a fun weekend. So we're recovered. We're back. We are releasing this. Usually, we release our March Madness episodes on Tuesday. Well, we're recording it on Tuesday and releasing it on Wednesday this week because we needed that. We needed that extra day to recover, and I'm glad we did. Yeah. So, without further ado, we're rolling into the episode. Um, we're gonna briefly recap NFL free agency before we kick into March Madness. So, the 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 number one thing that happened over the weekend: Bears traded the number one overall pick to the Panthers for picks nine sixty one a next year's first round pick and the following year's second round pick. Uh, in my and mind. Oh shit. Yeah. And DJ Moore. Uh, bears fleeced him. Fleeced. It, what, like, I don't even know. I mean, no, I, I like, I can't justify needing the number one pick that badly to give away that much capital. I, I, I mean, I get Panthers don't have a QB, but also you just got rid of, the only good receiver that the QB would throw to. Um, so unless you're planning on using some other draft picks to draft some hopefully high quality wide receivers, I don't know what you're going to do because the free agent pool for wide receivers is not that good. So I, yeah, I'm with you fleeced, like not even close. 
Yeah, uh, great deal for the Bears because what they're going to end up doing, it's funny because it's going to – it might end up being kind of like how Big Cat from Barstool like, was talking to the Bears GM about it because they're looking to trade back again. Why Why not? Why not just yeah. build up picks for the future uh, and for next year? Because you're obviously – like, I think going as a Bears fan, you're not going to be a contender this upcoming year. So you may yeah, as and well. I mean, uh, you're – you're building a solid core as much as I hate to say it, like as a Packers fan, you're building a solid core. You've got DJ Moore, you've got Darnell Mooney, who's still like underratedly good. Um, you've got chase Claypool, you know, give or take, right? Like the dude was greatest rookie year. Hasn't really done much since, but it's still young. So you've got a really good young nucleus of wide receivers. You just signed somebody on the defensive end and helped me out of who it was a cornerback. I think, or a linebacker. They signed somebody. I should probably just look it up while I'm talking. But um, they added to the defense as well. So they're building a pretty solid nucleus. I think that with those picks, and if they continue to build picks next year, they can either trade some of those picks away for talent or hopefully draft talent and actually maybe be solid for the first time in five, six years. So, Agreed, agreed. Uh, let's hop into uh, QBs. So Lamar... Looks like he's going to get tagged by the Ravens unless nobody makes a qualifying offer. Um, Geno Smith re-signed for an a unruly amount of money, three years, $75 million. I guess they just want to keep being overrated uh, <laughs> or, I guess, fucking underperforming because he is overrated. Right. Derek Carter, New Orleans, four years, $150 million. Um. Again, I don't think Derek Carr is going to get you the promised land, but go off. Daniel Jones re-signed for four years, $160 million. So apparently Daniel Jones is more than Derek Carr. Uh, <laughs> congratulations, Giants mm-hmm. fans. And then Jimmy G to the Raiders for three years, $67 million. Those are the QBs. Uh, throwing around money yep. like it's candy. Yep. And then Raiders also got Jacoby Myers. They lost Darren Waller today to the Giants. Um, so a couple of a couple of moves there. Other things Jacoby, to know, Alan the money that ja- sorry the Jaco- the money that Jacoby Myers got unbelievable three years thirty three million. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Okay. I, um, <laughs> Noah Brown and Robert Woods to the Texans. So I don't hate that. I know neither of them were really. I mean, Noah Brown was probably honestly more relevant than Robert Woods was last year, but at yeah, least they're Robert trying Woods to getting, do something down there. Robert Woods getting fifteen million for two years for catching. Yep. I don't know how many passes, not many. <laughs> and then Aaron Rodgers is getting at least one piece of his wish list. Alan Lazard going to the Jets. Um, I I think that that move happens literally any second. Could happen tomorrow. Could happen Thursday. But um, I think we could probably go ahead and say it before next week's or next two weeks episodes, I guess. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a jet. Like, I, I, I do not see a world where that doesn't happen. So I don't know what they're going to get for him. It might be they might fleece the Jets or the Jets might fleece the Packers. Either way, he's going to the Jets. So done deal. You heard it here first, folks. Actually, <clears throat> heard it from Trey Wingo yesterday, but you're hearing it here officially. I I don't see a world in which he gets traded unless it's for a bunch of pieces and that it's going to pretty much offset um kind of the 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 benefit that the Jets are going to get. Yeah, I did you see his wish list today for the Yeah, Jets? It was 
Yeah. Fucking Alan Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, and OBJ. Yep. Not quite the all pass catchers. <laughs> I saw. Yeah. So. You're going to bring back Donald Driver and uh, Jordy all Nelson. Those got Jordy Nelson. Greg Jennings with his broken leg. <laughs> Greg Jennings. Uh, um, I, but yeah, kind I, of unreal. Yeah. I get three of those four pieces, you wanting them. I, I get getting Mercedes Lewis. That dude has been like, a hell of a blocking tight end. And I mean, why not? The dude's cheap. He's probably his last season. Bring him in anyways, just because got a good relationship with Rogers. Obviously I get signed an OBJ. Like even though he's been a year off, like the dude still has talent. He may not be top tier, but, and then Lazard, I think he just had good, again, good pass blocking wide receiver who also can do some other things here and there. But the, what confused me is you want all these pass catchers, but you have Garrett Wilson, you have Elijah Moore, um, I believe they still have Corey Davis, correct? So it's like, wh- why are you trying to fill that room even more when you've got talent there already? Um, but yes, so regardless, lots of moves in the NFL already, two days into free agency, three days by the time you hear this. So, yeah, uh, there's also so John Smith traded to Atlanta, um, takes away from Kyle Pitts' value tremendously. Just want to cover a couple other things. Offensive line, it looks like Denver's going all in, as if they haven't already. Mike McGlinchey and Ben Powers. Uh, McGlinchey, five years, $87.5 million. Ben Powers, four years, $52 million. Um, seems like wow. an outrageous amount of money to throw at offensive line help. Um, and then outside of that, Javon Hargrave went to San Francisco, uh, so it's a big loss for the Eagles. Um Tremaine Edmonds to Chicago, so already they're they're building four year deal he signed, um, and the Bengals lost both safeties Jesse Bates yep. and Von Bell. Jesse Bates to Atlanta for four years, sixty four million. Von Bell to Carolina, three years, twenty two million. So they're gonna have to rebuild the back end of their defense. Yep, that's actually that's the ones that I forgot. Is thinking about. I think when we get to our draft episode, when we get to the Bengals pick. If it's not secondary help, I will be shocked. So, yeah. Well, they're going to need that in offensive line. Now, those are the two weaknesses of That's the Bengals. Every year, though, they'll, nev- they'll never fill it. Year. So, <laughs> till till they decide to um, address it, they're going to need offensive line help. All right, we just had to cover a little bit of NFL stuff for you guys, since we are a large NFL, largely NFL focused podcast, I should say. All right. You ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Um, All right. Because this is quite the bracket this year. All right. Let's dive into March Madness talk. We got cut off there. Uh, Ethan's experiencing some uh, hurricane force winds tonight, apparently, in the Virginia, uh, D.C. area. So let's restart this. Um, Initial bracket thoughts. The committee, I think, did a pretty shitty job this year with the seeding. Um, not sure if this is something that I paid attention to this year, if it's every year, but it just seems exceptionally worse this year. There's about seven or so teams that I think are overseeded, and about six or so that I think are underseeded. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think my initial thoughts pretty similar to you. I think for an overall bracket, I think they did a pretty nice job of balancing it out. I think the big issue for me is just with you is that I think seeding wise, they really missed on some teams and, 
and where they should be at in the bracket. I think as an overall bracket, pretty nice and balanced tournament. I think where some people are pretty messed up in some spots. Yeah. I uh, <clears throat> will get into uh, where people are because I think there are a couple teams that might have a pretty easy route. Uh, things fall into place. But in terms of the seeding wise, uh, we'll start with the overseeded teams. I have a handful or so. Since there's only the two of us, we can go back and forth if you have a few um, on overseeded teams. One of my biggest overseeded teams in this, I think, is Iowa State. Um, they are finished the season 19 and 13. Okay, they're a six seed. In the AP poll, they're unranked to end the year. So the one that just came out, which is pretty common with the six seeds, will allude to. Um, outside of that, they are 9-11 and 11 since January 1st, and they've only won three of their last 10 games. And they landed into a six seed. Yeah. Uh, personally, I don't know how they're even close to a six seed. I think that they're at best an eight or nine. Um, it just it blows my mind. And what's crazy to me is that they are a higher seed than Mizzou. And we can talk about Mizzou all day as Mizzou fans, but the fact that they are a higher seed than the team that beat them pretty handily along with some other not great wins they've had down the stretch, just it, it makes no sense to me that they're even close to yeah, I mean, they, they had some pretty bad losses. Don't get me wrong. They played in the Big 12, so some of the teams they've beat, uh, they had Baylor's number this year. Baylor got the three seed. Um, but 19-13, unranked, had pretty terrible down the last couple months of basketball. Um, so that's one of my overseeded teams. Throw me one. Yeah, I think um, overall, th- this might be a hot take, but I'm going with, Arkansas. Um, I feel like even as an eight seed, just da- again, it's one of those teams that down the stretch just really didn't perform well to me. Um, there's some teams that are right around them, above them, a little bit behind them that they lost to um, ever since they lost. Um, it's not not Brazil, but then they lose somebody else down the stretch as well. Um, and I cannot for the life of me think of his name, but he just I, they just haven't looked like the same team. And so uh, to me, an eight seed seems high. I'm not saying it's drastically high, but I think nine or a 10 would have made a lot more sense for me. Now yeah. I get it, big power five school, SEC school, a lot of talent in that conference, but just just seemed a little high to me as an eight seed. I really thought they were going to be a nine or a 10. I see that. I can see that. Um, <clears throat> one of my next teams is, we talked to them in the last Iowa State that I mentioned, but Baylor uh, finished season 22 and 10. They got a three seed out of this. They ended the year on back-to-back losses by Iowa State. Neither of them were particularly close. Um, They lost four of their last six. Don't get me wrong. They were pretty high in the rankings and had a pretty phenomenal-ish, you know, start to middle of the season, but then really fell off there at the end. How they managed to hold on to a three seed, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I, so actually, you know, without getting too far ahead of myself, I don't think Baylor reaches the sweet 16. Um, I, that's kind of one of my hot takes. Maybe it's not that hot of a take. Um, one just based on their performance overall this year and the data kind of backs it up. Something that I saw actually earlier today is that 
they are ranked top 10. They're actually second in like, I think it's offensive efficiency, but defensive efficiency, they're outside the top 100. And for teams that are top 10 in offensive efficiency and outside of the top 100 in defensive efficiency have not made the sweet 16 since 2004. So it's like every team in in that category has not made it since. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't again not to spoil anything. I don't have them in mind, but I won't be shocked if they do make it just because uh, their road to get there, no matter who they play, isn't like dangerously tough. Uh, and again, we'll dive into that in a little bit. But yeah, Baylor is a three seed, super shocking. Uh, we'll do we'll do uh, a couple more. You do two more, and then I'll do two more. Yeah, I. Uh think you might already know who my next one is but it's tennessee i'm sticking in the sec and very impressive down the stretch and to get a what did they end up with a four i'm pretty sure yeah they got tennessee yeah they ended up with a four seed that's that's super high to me you have a team that has one lost to mizzou like i know i'm sticking with my with mizzou or whatever but lost to mizzou (laughs) twice now didn't make their conference semifinals has lost. I think it's like four of or six of their last 10 down the stretch or something like that. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but they won only four of their last 10. Yeah. So there you go. Um, And there's somehow a four seed and Mizzou is a seven. Texas A&M is a seven. That makes zero sense to me. You've got a team that I thought after that Mizzou loss on Friday, we're going to drop to a six seed. At best, I really thought that that loss kind of did them in, and it did absolutely nothing in terms of their in terms of their seating. Maybe dropped them out of a three, maybe because I know there was talks about that, but a four just seems ridiculous. Yeah, especially um, <clears throat> they're missing the point guards. Kai Ziegler, not sure if he's going to be even cleared to play in this first round. But uh, yeah, them as a four seed is just honestly laughable. I had them. They were going to be my next team, so I'm glad you took them. Um, one that I also think is pretty pretty crazy to me is Creighton. Um, 21 and 12, their sixth seed. Again, on ranked in the AP poll to end the year. They got blown out by 22 points to Xavier in the semifinals of their conference tournament. Um, not, I mean, there's a handful of good teams in that in that conference, but outside of that, that's really it. And you managed to scrounge up a 21 and 12 record and somehow get a six seed over teams. Like again, going back to it, Mizzou, Texas A&M uh, teams of that like stature who have single loss or single digit losses on the year. Them as a six seed blew my mind. Yeah. Um, I haven't gotten to see, you know, full admit enough of Creighton to know one way or another, but the six seed did seem a little high to me just when I saw the rankings. I mean, they can the rankings come out, but they can um, be a good team. But with what they looked like to finish the year, not great, not great. Yeah. And then I, I'm gonna actually jump off of that really fast with you because you mentioned Creighton, the team that they're playing, NC State. Um, I don't want to talk about too high in their seeding. I don't think they should be in the tournament at all. And to get an 11 seed just kind of blew my mind. They were, and and this is more on kind of where I saw, like, and I get that these experts and analysts aren't every, you know, they aren't the tell-all, but 
NC State was projected to be like the next four out, not the first four out, like the next four out. And they weren't very impressive this year. And to make the field over like, you know, like a Rutgers team who I thought was pretty deserving to get in. Um, there were a couple others. Um, I, I would UNC shouldn't have made the tournament. I don't think I'm glad that they didn't. But there were a couple of other deserving teams that didn't get in that I think should have. And NC State took their place. So, and as far as too high goes, too high is in they're not even they shouldn't even be here. Yeah, I was kind of under the same uh, assumption. We will we have a little tourney snubs uh, section here at the end, so we can get any throw a team in there that you think. I do think just on a side note, outside of the whole NC State thing, the Rutgers uh, bid got debunked tonight because they lost to Hofstra in the NIT. So. Um, that's fair i mean maybe they just didn't <laughs> I, I i did i was looking at that today i dove into rutgers um they they had some good wins but they had a lot of pretty bad losses too um but yeah i agree nc state not really a team that should be in there so creighton's got a pretty easy first round game in my opinion all right i'm gonna go throw one more at you before we move on to the underseeded teams um let's see i got a few here we go Michigan State is overseeded as all hell. They are 19 and 12. They got a seven seed. Again, not finished the season in the AP poll unranked, but not only did they finish unranked, they didn't even get votes in the yep. rankings this week. Got shit on by Ohio State in their first game of the Big Ten tournament. Uh, lost the game before that. 19 and 12. You're putting them in the same company as your Missouri and your Texas A&M. Get the fuck out of here. Yep. Yep. And not to, I I feel like a lot of that is all of these, like, you know, pre notions from the beginning of the season when they were like a supposed top 10 team or whatever. And I hate that that's taken into consideration because it shouldn't be. If you were just because you were preseason top 10 doesn't mean that you should be where you're at now because I think the performance should speak for itself. And clearly, even though they had some early on quality wins those were very early in the season they have not been the same team since and i don't care that tana is always good in march you can't just justify them putting them in the seventh seed but that's neither here nor there let's go on under seeded teams uh, i have a few i have a, a little bit less but let's go three apiece who's an under team in your mind i really this one was tough for me i didn't have like many that just really stuck out to me in terms of under I think, I, I mean, honestly, this is this was this was tougher for me. So why don't you start, and I will uh, I will build off of you. Okay, for sure. Um, I we've I've kind of lay up, we've lay up two so far, um, and the what I just said with Michigan State, but I so I won't say those. Memphis, I think, is one that is pretty underseeded. There, they finished season twenty six and eight. They got an eight seed. Won the American Conference by beating Houston, who yep. would have been arguably the number one seed overall. I think that loss and bumped them out of it. Ranked 24th to end the year. Their only losses in the last 10 games were to Houston. They lost to them twice. So they've won eight of their last 10 um, and then beat Houston to finish the season. So I think an eight seed is just kind of highway, highway robbery. Yeah, I I'll agree with that one. I I don't know how much higher you can put them, but an eight seed is definitely very low for a team that just won their conference tournament. I think that outside of these like these low major schools, 
most conference tourney winners get pretty good respect when it comes to seeding. Obviously, outside of your like American East Patriot League, well, not American East. I mean, it's not like they finished um, the season but, with a bum record, right? Exactly, and th- exactly, they're not like Semo who just won their tournament, but they were what seventeen and fourteen or something like that, right? So, yeah, exactly. So I I can see that and I can respect that. I'm I don't want to like throw up because we've already talked about this, so I I don't want to like touch too much base on it, but. Obviously, we could talk about Texas A&M. We've already mentioned it about not getting enough respect. Seven seed just seems absurd to me. Um, I think they could have been at least a five with their record I and what they had done in the yes. SEC. I mean, it's it blows my mind. The fact, again, go back to it, that Tennessee is ranked higher than them in this uh, in this bracket is mind blowing. But I mean, they were they were like they didn't get blown out by Alabama in the SEC championship, but. Um, they've played some great basketball down the stretch. They're 17 and four since January 1st, one of the hottest teams in college basketball. All four of the losses since January 1st are all are to all tournament teams. Um, yep. so whatever that, uh, that seemed crazy. I'd be pissed if I was an AM fan. I'm pissed that they didn't wear Mizzou fans, but right, I'm exactly. AM, I'm exceptionally pissed. Yeah. Um, one for me. Is I th- I'm going to say Duke uh, finished the, the season 26 and eight. They got a five seed. They again just won the ACC tournament. They beat Virginia in the finals. Who's who got the four seed? Uh, ranked 12th overall in the final AP poll. The only loss in their last 10 games was to Virginia. Um, and then they turned around and beat them on a higher level stage in the ACC tournament and then proceeded to get ranked lower than them. So I think they could have easily been a three or a four seed. I think, you know, without getting too crazy, what they easily just could have done and probably should have done is just flip-flop Virginia and Duke. Um, exactly. I think they were both fairly close in how they played this year, but I think that Duke's how hot they were down the stretch and Virginia not necessarily so hot down the stretch showed in the tournament. Um, you could have flip-flopped those, made Virginia a five, made Duke a four, and I think that people probably would have been a lot happier with the way that that looked. So I, I can't argue that at all. I think Duke is primed, as much as it pains me to say it, because I hate Duke, um, they're primed for a tournament run. If they, if they, which sounds crazy, if they get past Oral Roberts, uh, because they – are probably one of the most dangerous 12 seeds that we'll have seen. It just so happened they're going to run into a, a buzzsaw and Duke in the first round. But I think that'll be their toughest game to make it to the Elite Eight would be this Oral Roberts game. Yeah, and, you know, again, not trying to get too ahead of myself, but when we were talking about the bracket, that was one of those matchups for this first round that I was like, man, if it were anybody else, I think Oral Roberts is a Sweet 16 team. Oh, I, I really if do. Oral Roberts – if Oral Roberts is in any other 12 spot, they win, I think. So, yep. So I got one more for you. That, go um, for it. This one, I mean, agree or disagree, you can throw the challenge flag, but I think VCU is also too low. They Did just won say? the A10. VCU, sorry. Oh, yep. Um, I do have them in mind. Yep. It just, we just won the A10 tournament. They've been solid all year long, had a great conference record, a great overall record. The A10, though, only has one team in the tournament this year and hasn't been as good of a conference as in years past. Still had some really quality teams in there this year. A lot of teams that had well above 500 records played some pretty solid competition. Um, your 
Slews, your Dayton's, your Fordham's out of nowhere um, that just kind of really showed up. And then VCU ran basically right through the tournament. And here they are only getting 12. I just talked about the conference winners not getting um, – I think your phone's a little too close to the microphone, me boy. <laughs> You're good. Um, not getting the respect as being a conference winner in a, in a mid-major that – you know, they, they played pretty well in. So I think they could have been easily yeah. a 10 or an 11, not a nine. I agree. I had, I would have put them at a 10 seed. Like you said, a 10 uh, had some pretty good teams. It is a weaker conference, but I think it's one of the better, like lower to mid tier mid majors. So I definitely had them uh, as a little snub. Uh, my next one is going to be my next and last one is going to be Kent state 28 and six. Um, Getting in the 13 seed seems again. I'm not going to put them at like an eight seed or a nine seed, but getting in this 13 seemed a little low to me. They just won the MAC. They fucking yep. stomped Toledo, who Toledo was was widely known throughout the last like month of the season as like somebody who could make some noise in the tournament, and they stomped them in the MAC championship. Won nine of their last ten games. So with how hot they are, I would have liked to see them at like a at least a 12. Because the twelve five would be a dangerous matchup. Yeah. I think that's I think that's fair. I still think they can do a lot of damage where they're at right now too. But I think or not a lot of damage, but I think they could win this matchup if they I do if they play well. But yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So those are some underseated, overseated. Glad we could cover that. Get that out of the way. Let's go in to before we dive into some actual bracket talk. Cinderella story. So these, this is some double-digit seeds that we like to make a run or that has a good chance at a run. And we say run like that could make it to the Sweet 16 and you wouldn't be surprised. Do you have Do you have one or a couple? I do. I, I have two in my brain. One of them I am, I, I wouldn't say very confident about, but I'm pretty confident about. And it's Charleston, College of Charleston. There, that's like first, the public's favorite. Though, I know, is I know. For the twelve five, I don't even care about what the public has said. Don't care what the bets are on. They get to play San Diego State in the first round, which I think is a very winnable game. I'm not giving any discredit to San Diego State, um, but the College of Charleston has just been so good this year. And then, hot take alert: that is the reason I think they can make it to the Sweet Sixteen. Is I think Furman beats Virginia. And I think that Furman will then play Charleston in the second round. And Charleston is the better of the two smaller schools, lower seeds, which will jump them into the sweet 16. That's, that's the reason I look at it that way. I'm not saying they're going to go out and destroy San Diego state and then play Virginia and destroy them too. I think that they're going to get an easy second round matchup if they can get by San Diego state. That's just my bold prediction. It's funny you say that because mine is mine is Furman. Uh, number 13, <laughs> and here we go. I'm going to go dive in and tell you why. Um, they rank 33, 33rd in Ken Palm's offense efficiency. But what hurts them is their defense efficiency, which comes in at 183rd. But on the flip side, it's a good thing they aren't playing an offensive powerhouse because Virginia's offense is so, so, so spotty. They have the 20th worst offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm, in this tournament. They match up well because Furman has eighth worst defense efficiency in this tournament. So it's like <laughs> good offense against good defense and bad offense yep. against bad defense. 
Uh, leaves the door open for some Cinderella magic for sure. I also think that it's a pretty good matchup for them because Furman excels from three. They're one of the best teams in the nation from three, which UVA is just okay at defending. 178th in opponent three-point percentage. With Virginia's like, Virginia has the third slowest tempo in college basketball. If they can't get shots to fall and Furman's hitting their shots, they're going to win this game. And I think that they can make this run because San Diego state is pretty much the same matchup like team wise as Virginia is. So if they beat Virginia, they can beat San Diego state. And then likewise with college of Charleston, I think that they can, they're like a, a weaker team. So they have a chance to beat them. I think that's, I mean, I can't argue with that. That's why I had Furman over Virginia. Um, exactly. And it's just, I think it'd be really cool to see a 12 versus 13 in the second round. Um, be a pretty fun matchup for a couple smaller schools. But yeah, I mean, I think that I'd be happy to see either one of those teams come out of that, out of that pod of the bracket into the sweet 16. So won't argue with you there. I do have technically two more, but I I'm iffy on both just because of their first round matchups, but I really, All right, give me your favorite. Cause one of them, one of them I might have, you probably do. Um, so I'll go with, I'll go with this one. I I like Iona. Um, I don't like their matchup against UConn, but when you have a coach like Rick Pitino, who's done as well as he's done in the tournament with countless other times with other schools, um, and they've got a good team, obviously, this year. I think that the big thing that they're going to run into when they play UConn is their size. UConn's just got so much size, and they can get up and down the court. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup for Iona, but coming into the tournament, my thought process was whoever they play, they're going to win in the first round. And then they got stuck with UConn. And I was like, maybe not. I don't know. So that's why I'm on the fence about that one. I'm also on the fence about this other one. But if you have it, maybe you do. I will let you talk about it first. This is hilarious. This makes me love my pick even more. Cause I have VCU who would play Iona if they won and they both won. Um, I think VCU got the weakest draw of five seeds in St. Mary's. Um, VCU has an excellent defense, which is going to force St. Mary's out of their comfort zone to score, which we saw how that worked in their conference tournament uh, championship against Gonzaga. It did not go well. St. Mary's plays an insanely slow tempo game, benefits VCU, allows them to get back on defense, reset. Uh, and if they're not able to get inside – set their little high ball screens. It's not going to work. I love this matchup for VCU. And then again, UConn kind of has a tough opponent, so that could either wear them down or they could lose and play Iona in which I love VCU even more to make a sweet 16 run. Yeah, actually really. I mean, we just talked about VCU being seated too low, right? So uh good matchup. You're right. I think of the five St. Mary's is by far the weakest. I think that, maybe just a little overhyped from their play in the mountain West, right? Mountain West. That's what Gonzaga and St. Mary's play. Um, either uh, way, though, like, yeah. or like Pacific, whatever. Um, uh, it's something, I don't think it's a mountain. It's something weird. It's not it the mountain something. West. Yeah. But have the correct conference regardless. Cause I know they obviously are in Gonzaga's conference. Um, but I think they were a little overhyped from their play in that conference. And so, I love that pick. And I think that again, we kind of just talked about it, right? Like you, we both have picks in these pods that 
if both of these teams somehow surprisingly make it, it'll be fun just to see who comes out of that matchup of 2016. For sure. It is the West Coast Conference, by the way. So you need, I don't know how a team that doesn't win the West Coast Conference makes it into the five seed, but go off, King. I'm going to need you to quit putting the phone by your microphone. God damn it! Did you hear anything <laughs> All I just I heard said? that whole time was fucking aliens landing oh, in the earth. I said they're in the West Coast <laughs> Conference, by the way. Okay. So okay. I don't know how a team that loses the West Coast Conference championship gets in as a five seed. Yeah. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think that's fair. All right. What's your last team? Um. I don't know if I, I don't know if I, if you, cause it's a 10 seed. Um, Mine's a 10 seed and, as well. It might be the same. And their, and their matchups hard, um, but it's Penn state. I, because they play Texas A&M who should be like a three or a four, but they're so hot right now. They almost came back from down what 23 in their conference championship game and almost one got it within one point or actually I think tied it up at some point, but Played played really well against these tough Big Ten schools. Um, got it all the way to the championship game. Obviously, they haven't been an incredible team all year, but kind of like talking about Duke, right? Like getting hot at the right time um, could just roll that right into the tournament and then shock everybody against A&M. Don't love it, but that, that's where I'm at with it. That, mid, that Midwest region of the bracket, specifically that bottom part of the Midwest region of the bracket, is going to have some fuckery going on. Uh, mm-hmm. That's going to just bone everybody because Texas A&M, Penn State, and Texas, those three teams I could see making deep runs uh, into the tournament, and they're going to all have to play each other within the first weekend. So yeah, it sucks yep. that that has to happen. I also, there are I some strong-ass teams in that side. There are, and I and that's one of the other thing that I was looking at that I, I couldn't put it as, you know, like a Cinderella pick because of their matchup because, spoiler I, I have Texas making a deep run in a few of my brackets that I've already made just, you know, off a whim, like, oh, just going to pick these people. But Colgate had such a prime opportunity to win like a 15-2 matchup this year, and they just got a shit draw. If they would have played the UCLA, one. mark my words, if they'd have played UCLA, they would have won that game. Colgate, this is their third straight year in the tournament. No, I They've think got a lot Arizona of experience on that would have been better for them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just UCLA hasn't impressed me down the stretch either. I'm I'm a big trend person, but um, I think Colgate could have could have made some noise had they not played Texas. So I have I have a similar uh, like issue with my ten seed, right? Because you said you have Texas making a deep run. Um, with my ten seed that I like is USC. Uh, they're playing a Michigan State team who we just saw, like we said, get stomped out by Ohio State. Uh, they run a very yeah. slow tempo game, but they're both efficient in offense and defense. One of the better at excelling at both in the tournament, um, so, but they're and they're right there with Michigan State in both categories. Second in the nation defending two point shots. So if Michigan State's struggling with the three early on, um, USC is going to run away with this thing. Now, if they get past that game, they're likely playing a Marquette team who I have making a deep run in my tournament. But that's not a non-winnable game for them. I think that of the two seeds, they can beat them if they play their best basketball. But I like USC to not only win the first round, but have a chance to get out of the second round as well. 
Yeah, I don't hate that. I think <laughs> I I I had a hard time looking at Marquette as the worst two seed. I think that I don't think they are the worst, but yeah. I think that they are beatable. And it's so hard to to like say like oh the worst two seed because obviously all these teams are really good. They're a two seed for a reason. So when I say like the worst two seed, I'm not saying they're a shit team by any means. Right. For those of you who are listening, I'm just saying that they are the worst of the great teams that are playing. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I like that pick. I think that if if USC comes into the tournament hot, like if they they get off to a good start against Michigan State, kind of get rolling, get a feel for themselves. If they, I I don't know enough about USC to know if they have a ton of young guys or anything like that, but kind of some of that that stress off the nerves out of the way, they could roll into that Marquette game and just feel feel really good about what they're doing and, and be poised for a deeper run. So I agree. I agree. All right. Before we dive into filling out our bracket, which we're gonna tell you how we're gonna do so, uh let's let's do really quick touch on because I only have one tournament snubs. Um the list if you have multiple you can i only have one like i said so who's your tournament snub who you think should have been in whether or not they'd win or lose in the first round yeah i i already mentioned them earlier so i won't talk a whole lot about it and obviously like you said they didn't really prove me right tonight but i thought Rutgers (laughs) was a pretty big snub i just think that they played well in the big 10 this year they have some good quality wins of those big 10 big 10 teams that are in the tournament um, and so to be left out of it with a, a team like NC State getting in, I, I just thought was kind of shitty. Um, I'm I, there might have been some more deserving teams, obviously, but Rutgers was one of the one of the more shocking ones to me. Yeah, they they were to me too. Then, like I said, I went back and dove in, and I'm like, I can see why they didn't. But a team for me who I thought should have been in was Vandy. Uh, <clears throat> they finished season mm-hmm. twenty and fourteen yep. uh, in the quarterfinal. Or- yeah, quarterfinals of the SC tournament uh, got – or shit, sorry, semifinals of the SC tournament got beat out by A&M. Um, and I'm going to list out for you real quick the the quadrant uh, records and who they should have gotten over. Uh, five, five and 11 in quad one, so not great. Five and 0 oh in quad two, five and two in quad three, and five and one in quad four. I think – and I – I'm gonna. I could debate this with whoever wants to. I think they should have gotten in over Iowa, who was 19 and 13, uh, so worse record. Four and seven in quad one, so a little bit better than Vandy, but Vandy played significantly more games in quad one. Nine and three in quad two, one and two in quad three, and five and four, five and one in quad four. So they had worse record than Vandy in those quad three and four games, um, and Vandy had a better winning percentage in quad two and played more yep. games in quad one. So I think they should have got in over them. I know there's a lot of quads and records thrown at you, but <laughs> um, just in terms of talent and performance down the stretch, I think they should have made it. Yeah. I can't, I can't argue against that again. I go back to talking about teams that were hot rolling into, into tournament season that talk about a team that caught traction at the right time. Um, right. And I, I, I I'm just a, person that it blows my mind that that's not taken into account more by the selection committee when they look at this stuff is teams that are just have their foot on the gas pedal and are just rolling through teams which is kind of what vandy was doing um maybe they weren't steamrolling teams but they were they were getting the job done down the stretch and i think that 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 should be taken into account and it just wasn't yeah well and i mean i don't think the sec granted they have they're tied for the most teams in the tournament but i don't think they got enough love uh, when it came to the selection committee this year, a lot of 
SEC teams that were middle of the pack, higher of the pack, and the SEC got these kind of shit end of the sick stick seeds. But neither mm-hmm. here nor there. It's time to create our bracket. Let's do it. All right, Ethan, you tell the folks the what we're going to do. Yeah, so something a little different this year. Um, we we're hoping to have Jared on here tonight to kind of round it out, but that's okay. So instead, with this bracket, we're going to each pick. Kind of works regions. out a little better. Yeah, uh, that's fair, because we don't have like a random <laughs> region that we're just like all p- piecing together. Um, but we're each going to take two regions of the bracket, and we are going to pick teams in that bracket all the way down into the final four, and then we can just collab on the final four. But... Up until that point, we will be picking our own picks in those reasons that or regions that we choose. And then as the tournament goes on, we are going to keep track of how each other's regions do. And whoever has the better regions at the end of the Elite Eight, the loser will have to do some sort of punishment or losing thing activity. I don't know. Maybe it's just eat a hot chip on air. <laughs> Fuck like, that. Nope. Um, not again. Um, but we'll, we'll have to, have to do we'll, we'll come up with something. So we've got a couple um, weeks. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So something a little more fun instead of just kind of collabing on a, on a bracket this year, kind of making it more of a challenge within the challenge and we'll see what we can come up with. But do you have any regions that you are just like, you really want to pick because I don't I like we should do like, ones. I want to, I was going to say, if, if I feel like we shouldn't leave it up to like ones we really want to pick uh, because, you know, you might be a little bit more confident. We should get forced ones. Either way, somebody should do the South and the West, and then the other person should get the Midwest and the East because they're on like opposite sides of the bracket. So you're not going to run into your own teams. Does that make sense? Okay. Yep. I'm um, that. So with that being said, I will take the south and the west. So top south left, the west. bottom right. And I will take the east and the mid the midwest because that's all that's left. So there you go. <laughs> all right. Um starting off in the south, obviously. Gonna cruise with Alabama, Maryland, West Virginia matchup. Again, kind of a common theme dog dog, but one that's playing best basketball right now and has a chance to be dangerous. Bob Huggins group. Great. Taking West Virginia mm-hmm. in that game. Uh, yeah, me there. You like Charleston. I like Furman. I'm not going to pick them both because I think that's a little unrealistic. I'm going to take San Diego state and Furman. Uh, we fair. talked about NC state, not wanting to be there, not needing to be there going Creighton. Uh, as much as I love Santa Barbara, I don't think they get it done. I'm taking Baylor. Obviously, riding with Mizzou and then Arizona. Uh, moving on, I think Bama beats West Virginia. Don't think it's very close. Um, I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go dogs chasing all the way. I'm gonna take Furman over San Diego State. Love it. Creighton over Baylor, just because. Love it. Again, easy road there. Zona. Then I'm going Alabama, Arizona, Alabama advancing to the Final Four. Yep, I know. I know it gets chalky down to the elite eight, but it, you can't not right. This region is is so. This tough region ha- they have it like set. These lower seeds, dude. Alabama and Arizona have they the easiest run 
to the Elite Eight possible. Yep. I'm sorry. Sorry if Mizzou makes it. I'm sorry, but it's that's how it is. No, that I I completely agree. When I was so I was driving home for those of you that are listening. I was driving home from the bachelor party on Sunday, so I had to listen to the selection show on ESPN Radio, and this was the first region that came out on the show. It probably was just the first region that came out in general. Um, but they were talking about it. And then the more I was listening to these matchups, I'm like, there is no like way around for me picking Alabama, Arizona in the elite eight. Like there was just no way for me to like, try to ride through and look and see what other teams could do. That's what I came up with every time. Seems like a lock, right? You'd think you would think, you would think. All right. Uh, let's roll down to the bottom left, and Ethan's going to fill out the East. The East. So, um, again, taking Purdue. They're not They're not my favorite number one seed, but I don't think Texas Southern or uh, Fairleigh Dickinson is going to get it done. And has that game? That's tomorrow, right? Or is that tonight? That's tomorrow night. Yeah, it's it tomorrow. tomorrow okay. Um, I was going to say, I didn't think that game had kicked off yet. Um, I'm taking Memphis over FAU. I think Florida Atlantic does have a pretty good team. I think that they they could shock some people, and even though, if you want to call this an upset, pull off the upset. But we talked about Memphis earlier. Memphis is is I mean they just won their conference tournament over Houston. I don't care if they didn't have Marcus Sasser. Um, Houston looked damn good in that game, or not Houston. Memphis looked damn good in that game, and I think that they can they can ride that into the first round. Um, taking Duke over Oral Roberts as much as it kills me because I again Oral Roberts is another team that just really could have made some noise, but unfortunately got paired up against a, a really tough opponent who's on a, a real hot streak right now. Um, yeah. I'm taking Tennessee over Louisiana. I don't have much to say about this game. I don't think that they're going to get much further than that, which might get rid of my next round pick for them. But um, I think the one that might shock some people is that I'm taking Providence over Kentucky. Um, this is going to be my, my 11 six. I don't care that Kentucky's turned it around lately. Um Robin's just been playing about, so streaky. Yeah. Um, and I know I just talk, started talking about like, you know, hot teams rolling into the tournament, but Kentucky just didn't impress me overall this year. Um, and, and getting to see them play a lot, being that we are SEC fans. Um, I think Providence, when they're right, they're very right. And I'm hoping that in this game, they can be on their best game and pull it off because if they play like they, they know how to play, I, I think that they can win this game by 10 plus. Now, it's not my prediction. I think they're going to win, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to be by d- double digits. Um, I really wanted to take Montana State as well, but I'm going to take Kansas State. Um, uh, a mid-tier Big 12 team, but the Big 12 was pretty stacked this year, so I think that they get the job done. I am taking USC over Michigan State. We talked about how they are very overrated in this tournament. Probably shouldn't be here. doesn't really make sense that they're a seven seed in general. Um, and then I really, really wanted to take Vermont over Marquette, but I didn't <laughs> do it. Um, I got to take, got to take Marquette. Can't really show any love to the fiance. Um, sure, she understands. So I have a, I have a semi chalky East region, which is not the same as some of my other regions. But I am taking Memphis in the upset over Purdue. That's my first one seed going down in the tournament. Um, I am taking Duke over Tennessee. So technically, two upsets there. I am taking Kansas State over Providence, and I am taking USC over Marquette. So I went real chalky in the first Whoa. round, 
I went a little bit opposite in the second round, round of 32. So we get to the Sweet 16. Duke is going to beat Memphis. And I think, man, that's a tough pick. Because I haven't done this yet in this region. This is the first real look that I'm giving it. <laughs> USC, Kansas State. That's a tough matchup for me. Um, you almost got to go with the team that doesn't have the possibility, the bigger possibility of getting eliminated in the first round just to save your ass. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll go Duke, Kansas State in the Elite Eight, and then I think Duke's making the Final Four. I just think they're poised for such a deep run in this tournament, and um, this is how they get it done. They they have a, a relatively easy run just because of the upsets that I put in here. So give me Duke Alrighty. in the Final Four facing Alabama. Now we move on to the Midwest. West. Or the Midwest, sorry, Midwest. All right. Uh, obviously, Houston uh, against Northern Kentucky. As much as I do think Houston are frauds, they're not going to lose that game. Um, this game, while it is difficult to pick from, it really won't matter because I don't think either of them pose a threat to Houston. Uh, but I'm going to go show my SEC bias because I already said I don't think Iowa really belongs there. Auburn might not either. But I'm going to pick Auburn. Um, this is a, a 12-5. I've seen a lot of people taking Drake. Um, I've seen Drake play. They, uh, they're they great for the conference they're in. That's what I'm going to say. I know Miami has a chance to just play down to their level of talent, but they are the much better team, so I'm taking Miami. Um, this one, Indiana, Kent State. Kent State can score, and they can score quickly. Um, don't have too many upsets in this region of the bracket, so I will be taking Kent State. Um, next up, we got Iowa State against Mississippi State or Pitt they are playing right now. I don't think it matters. I like the winner of Mississippi State Pitt because I think Iowa State are frauds. Um, Xavier Kennesaw. I'm sorry. I, I don't think Xavier's that tough, but they have a very easy road um, to the 316. So got to take Xavier. AM and Penn State. I think AM is poised to make a deep run, but so I'll have them winning this game. I don't think it goes too far. And then Texas, Houston, Auburn, then take Houston, Miami, Kent State. I think that one's fairly easy. You got to take Miami, Mississippi State, or Pitt uh, playing against Xavier. I am going to take, call me crazy, the 11 seed team to upset Xavier, missing Zach Fremantle. And then I'm going to take Texas next, Houston, Miami. Rolling with Miami to upset Houston, then rolling with Texas to make it, and then I'm putting Texas in my final four. Initial thoughts for this one is um, I love, not love, I really like Kennesaw State to beat Xavier in the first round. I'm not upset that you didn't take it because I think that it is a big game. I have them losing in the second um, round. <laughs> exactly. And I and I do think that regardless, the reason that your 11 seed is a good pick is because if Kennesaw State does upset Xavier, I think that 11 seed can get it done in the round of 32 and make the Sweet 16 regardless of who they play. Um, so I did like that pick. I think that – I don't what's the score right now? Do you have it in front of you? Um, yes, I do. I, it is, it is halftime. Pitt is up 35-34. Oh, so it's very close. So it's still really hard to tell. I don't care I who that, wins either because I think both are dangerous. Yeah, I, I like Mississippi State a little bit more um, only because they, I've just seen them more this year. I Pitt might be a really, really dangerous team coming into the tournament. 
I know that they kind of had a couple rough patches in the road down the stretch, but I think either way, Iowa State is just, it's they're not it. I think if they get past them and they play Kennesaw State, they're going to get past them too. So um, I really like the way that you built out your region. I, I agree that you can't really pick Kennesaw State if you also have a 12 and an 11 upsetting. Have the 12 and team. Yeah, I would upsetting. have an 11, 12 and a bit of a stretch. Could happen. <laughs> but so, do what? I can't do that. I said I would have 11, 12, and 13 winning. So I can't really do that. And one, right. A little, one, little uh, extreme, region. but could be crazy. It might be crazy. I do like. On, call me. I mean, Texas's toughest matchup is going to be the winner of that AM Penn State game. Uh, if they get past that, I think they cruise to the Final Four. Yeah, I can see it. So, um, you're right. going to hate this region from me. You're just, I'm just going to let you know now. You're going to hate it. It's you're tough. Every part of it. Um, but I'm taking Kansas over Howard to start. Um, I am taking Illinois over Arkansas. All biased aside, I just I think that they have way more experience on that team um, with. Shannon Jr. with Matt Mayer. Um, their guard play has been really good down the stretch. Dane Danger, great name. Little, He's a little like Kofi in that. I don't think he's as polished down low as he could be, but he is dangerous down low. I just think I hate they him. match up really well against Arkansas. So I hate them both. I think Arkansas cruises. It won't matter, but either way, continue. <laughs> um, I have VCU over St. Mary's. We talked about it already, so I'm not going to talk about it at all. Um, I am taking UConn as much as I hate to say it because I want to see Iona win this game. But again, the matchup just scared me. They have way too much size for Iona. I think UConn will get it done. Um, I'm taking TCU over the winner of Arizona State and Nevada. Um, I don't really have much to say about that one either. I'm taking Gonzaga. I am taking Northwestern. And then I'm taking UCLA. In the second round, and I told you you're going to hate this region from me. I am taking Illinois to upset Kansas. Jesus Christ! In this round, I am then taking. Uh, to be fair, to, to be fair, I like either Arkansas or Illinois' chance, like chances to beat Kansas. I don't know if it'll happen, but they're. It's not like just a matter. Of it's food. an automatic no. L. Yeah, continue. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I am taking TCU to upset Gonzaga. I am just not. Did you, did you pick UConn over VCU? I did, yes. UConn over VCU. Okay, okay. Um, and then TCU. I'm, I'm taking TCU over Gonzaga. I just think TCU had a lot of a t- a lot tougher of a schedule um, in conference play and this year, and I think they played well through it, even though they, they you know they didn't necessarily come out as the most dangerous team in their Big Twelve conference. I think they are more dangerous than Gonzaga, even with the experience of Drew Timmy um, and the experience of Gonzaga just having been there before. Gonzaga ha- doesn't impress me as much as they have in years past. And I think it might catch up to them in the second round. So um, I just like it may not happen, but I'm taking it. And then I'm taking UCLA over Northwestern. Northwestern is a little overrated. They're a good team, but they're a little overrated. Um, I'm taking UConn to beat Illinois. This is where that run ends. Um, And then I'm taking UCLA over TCU. And then I am taking, I talked about them being the worst two seed of the bunch, but I am taking UCLA over UConn. Um, they have a pretty line. easy path, I think. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. I think so. All right, we told we fucked that up because I was going to go bottom right, and then I scrolled up to the top, and then I went. Oh. But either way, I don't <laughs> think it really matters oh, well. a whole lot. Uh, we just know I have the top half of the bracket. Ethan has the bottom half of the bracket. Uh, let's go ahead and fill out the final four together, just because I want to submit yep. this bracket and have it. Because yep. our two drunk brothers episode, uh, Bama over Duke or Duke over Bama. It's 
it's so hard to bet against Bama, man. Even with as hot as it's been, like they, they just they're the most. I think they're the most complete team in the tournament. And unless they miss a step, I think they're going to the championship game. I agree. Unless they shoot somebody, um, Texas and <laughs> UCLA. Um, my initial this thought is Texas. It'll be a I great like game. I I, I think like that I like this might be the best game of. That, this would be an insane Final Four. As much as I really don't like any team in it, it would be a great like Final Four to watch. Yeah, yeah. I all right, hundred percent agree. Bama and Texas. Who do we who do we got winning this thing? Hmm. I want to. I almost want to say Texas just to not pick the chalky, you know, number one overall. Let's seed, do it. But let's do it. Let's do it. Score. Score prediction. All right. What's the seven? What's a higher 78 76? I was about to say, I think it'll be a higher scoring game, so I like that 78 76. I'm putting it in right now. There we go. There we go, baby. It's a winning bracket if I've ever seen one. Watch that be the best bracket we have in the entire tournament, though. <laughs> it, it might be. I don't, I have be. some like, I don't know. I don't know if I love my main bracket, and then I did a few others, but. Uh, I'm glad we didn't have Alabama winning because I just feel like that'll be that's just yeah. too chalky for our for our even, bracket. So I haven't even made like my official bracket yet. We have a for those of you listening, we have a uh, like a bracket challenge we're doing just amongst us, some of our friends with some money involved, and I still have not even submitted that because I, am I was going to say I saw today that you're still not in it. No, yeah, I will be. It just might be Thursday morning at like 9 a.m. <laughs> so. All right. Make sure you get in because that bitch locks and I can't adjust it. I don't think. Um, all right, not. great. That was your March Madness. Fill out the bracket. I've seen fucking 19,000 TikToks of who to fade, who to bet on. These are the stats of this. I'm over it. I'm over it. Okay. Just listen to our podcast and you'll be a winner. Yeah. Or bet what you want because I don't know shit either. So, you know, exactly. have a good time with it that too uh, i am looking right now on DraftKings before we get any farther uh team to reach here you go team to reach the elite eight alabama's minus 120 that might be a lock of the fucking goddamn millennium and for pretty damn good value too like minus so 120 basically them to win three games and not tough i mean they got to play a 16 seed they got to play either maryland or west virginia which i think they they can handle with ease, and then they have mm-hmm. to play either Baylor or Creighton, and no, those teams don't no. scare me. No, fucking San Diego State, Virginia, That's Furman, right. or Charleston. You're right. You're so, right. They're on the top half of the easy, bracket, or the top half of the region. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Minus one twenty. Fucking go lock. I don't care if you, they have to win fucking three games to get minus one twenty. That is lock. Watch him get bounced by fucking Texas A&M Corpus Christi. (laughs) All my brackets would be fucked. Okay, let's round out this episode. You've got to do it uh, with UFC 286. If you aren't going to watch, you'll miss it. You'll miss out on a few fights, but for a pay-per-view event, it's pretty underwhelming. Um, to say the least. So may not be one you want to purchase, but I would recommend tuning in Leon Edwards, Kamara Usman, 
the rematch. Um, Leon holds the belt, obviously, with the head kick. KO in the fifth round um, in the previous title match. So let's dig into a few of the betting lines. We're not going to talk about a lot. The early prelims kick off there. We got Joanne Wood, formerly Joanne Calderwood. Kind of crazy that that so happened to be the name <laughs> change. Um, <laughs> she's minus 190, but I do like her a lot. She's hasn't fought in a while, so it's going to be nice to see her back in the octagon. Also have Lerone Murphy, who is up and coming kid, London boy or England boy, whatever, 11-0-1. He's at minus 165. I'd recommend taking him. Going into the prelims, the only fight here probably worth watching is the last one. I mean, some of them might be worth watching, but the one that has a big name value, Jack Shore, 16-1, taking on Maquan Amir Khani. Amir Khani used used to be a guy that was going to be the next challenger. Um, Couldn't really handle the heat. Lost a shit ton of fights in a row. Both these guys are grapplers, so might be a good one to watch. Could Could he get the upset? Who knows? Heading into the main card. Ethan, do you have any picks on the main card that you like? Nothing until um, the final two fights. So okay, if you have anything cool. before then, you just do your thing. All right. Uh, yeah, there's two before. Uh, the first fight, Marvin Vittori, Roman Delize. Uh, should be a pretty good fight. Marvin Vittori, title challenger. One of the best in the division. Um. But I've got this at over two and a half rounds for minus 205. Not great odds, but if you want to lay the juice, you can. If you want to put it in a parlay, I think it should be safe. Marvin Vittori has had five straight fights go to a decision. Four of those were five-round fights, and this is only three. Uh, Delize does have three finishes in a row, but they are not to the talent of Vittoria, so I can see this fight playing out a little slower. Love that. Next fight, Casey O'Neill versus Jennifer Maya. I like Casey O'Neill minus 170. She's undefeated. She has a five-inch reach on her. Um, and Maya's basically like a gatekeeper from like okay fighters to good to pretty good fighters. So if she wants to make this jump, she's going to have to beat her minus 170. Not bad value to lay. Skipping the Gunner Nelson, Brian Barbarana fight because horrible odds. Ethan, <laughs> Justin Gaethje, Rafael Faziv, what you got? Um, well, with the so with the Gaethje, it's Fazeev. I thought it was Fazeev, yeah. shows how much I know. Um, <laughs> I so I was looking at this very well, could be, but I'm pretty sure it's Fazeev. It, it, it's probably Fazeev. Um, I was looking at this fight, and I think what it all boiled down to it for me, I couldn't, it was hard for me to pick a side. Um, I like Gaethje a lot, but he's also a pretty, I mean, I wouldn't say pretty heavy underdog, but he's plus 195 where I see him. Um, if you have it in front of you, because I could not, I'm not even trying to like fuck with trying to load shit right now because I'm probably going to like crash my whole computer. Um, but what are the odds on the fight to not go the distance for the fight to not go the distance? <clears throat> yeah. Let me load it up. Um, cause that's what I do. Like, I mean, Gaethje pretty much 85% of his wins are by knockout or uh, TKO. Almost 70% of Fazeev's are also by KO or TKO. And then they submit or, or he submits around 25% of the time, Gaethje around 13. Um, I don't know how that's stacked up recently, but 
Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure it's gonna stay on the feet. It's gonna be or, by sorry, knockout. I said so. that backwards. I said that's by decision. Is the other 25 and 13 percent? Okay, they barely sub each other. So if anything, if you want to do double chance and do by decision slash KO TKO, that's also probably a good pick. Um, it's probably not great odds to be honest. But if you don't want to just pick somebody straight up, I think that or the fight to not go the distance just for better. So value. the fight, the fight to not go the distance is minus one ninety. Yeah, not great value. <laughs> not great value. But here's value that you might want to take. Or you could, you know, maybe cook up a nice parlay or, or some sort of prop. But I love Justin Gaethje in this fight at, at the plus odds value. Yep. Um, it's insane to me that the odds are what they are. He is 23 and four, um, six and four in the UFC, which I know doesn't seem great. But he's faced some of the best of the best. His only losses are to Eddie Alvarez, Dustin Poirier. And those were his first two fights technically in the UFC, which are insane. Um, And then recently to Khabib for the title and Charles Oliveira for the title. Uh, And got subbed by both of those guys because they're not – because they're obviously insane on the ground. Um, Both these guys are strikers. I think that Gaethje is the much, he's probably one of the hardest hitting, if not the like hardest hitting pound for pound guy um, in the UFC. So if he connects, it's going to be lights out. Not to mention Fazeev really hasn't even fought near the talent of Justin Gaethje. I mean, aged RDA, Brad Rydell, Bobby Green, Hanato Moicano, Mark Jacasey. Like these are guys that are just okay. This is that next step up for Fazeev, and he's a minus 230 favorite. And I hate that. So I'm going to lay a significant amount of units on Justin Gaethje at plus 190. I like it. That's what I was saying. I like Gaethje. I couldn't convince myself to pick a side, but I think you might have just convinced me for me, um, being that you know more about UFC than I do. So I might just ride it with you um, to hope for for a good fight on his side and get some more value there outside of the minus 190 for the fight to not go the distance. So um, there you go. Guess we can probably jump into the the main event then. And the first question that I had for you is: This is the third time they're fighting, correct? This is technically number three. Um, I believe so. I believe they fought years ago. Um, let's see. Yes, back in 2015, uh, UFC on Fox, RDA oh, nice. versus Donald <laughs> Cerrone two. Um, and Usman won by decision. Okay. So I don't even really love factoring that fight in because it was so long. Ago, <laughs> no, so I, you know, can't, can't really look at that one too closely, but you can look at their last fight where Leon won and took the belt from Usman himself. But Kamar Usman was dominating that fight. Um, yes. Before the head kick, yes, he like was. he was down, I believe he was down three or some had it for, I think some had it, uh, or not all of them had it three to one. So he was going to lose that fight if he didn't knock him out. And he just so caught him and with yep. not very much time to spare, uh, just based on how the first fight played out. I think Usman goes into it even safer. Um, obviously I think he grabs the rounds he needs to grab, but once he's up, I think he's going to look for takedowns. He's going to look for, you know, clenching up against the fence, doing his thing that he does. I think he gets the the belt back, but 
you can't really bet it at minus 260 unless you yeah, want to put think, him in a parlay. Well, I was going to say, I don't know what the, the odds are with this either because I obviously can't look currently. But if you if you wanted to bet Usman by decision, I don't think that's a bad bet because I, I could see this going all five rounds. Um, again, probably not great odds. It's probably somewhere around like the minus 160, 170 region. But um, Usman by decision is plus 100. Okay, so even money. So maybe not so, a terrible bet to make. Because yeah, if you, like you said, that. if he's going to play it safe and just kind of look look for the shots that he can take when he can take them, I don't think he's necessarily going to be gunning for the knockout. If you really think Usman's going to win, I think that by decision is probably the way it's going to happen. So, You ready for a nutty parlay? I'm ready for it. All right, it is Vittori Delizze over two and a half. Casey O'Neill. Money line, uh, fight to go the distance. No, Justin Gaethje, Rafael Faziv, and Kamara Usman by decision it's plus 630. Ooh, I love that. That's all main card, right? All main card, all but all but the one. Four oh, yeah, of yeah. the five main card fights, and I'm not going to bet on the fifth one, but yeah, plus 630 yeah. for that. I like that. Gunnar Nelson is from Iceland. Interesting. I guess I'm just looking up, looking up some of these random, random stats and places of these people. <laughs> I don't know how you get into fighting from Iceland, but there you yeah. go. There you go. He indeed. looks like and he's I, from Iceland. Patty Pimblett's not on this card, huh? Even though it's in London? nope, he is not because I think he's going to be on his first event in Madison Square Garden. Whenever gotcha. it goes, or I think they wanted him wanted to put him there, but either way, that is UFC. 286, ladies and gentlemen, and that's gonna do it for episode 196. Um, we might re- we might meet again next week, depending on how crazy this first round of, of tournaments yep. games are. So um stay stay looking at our socials if you're wondering. We'll we'll announce it there, but we might meet next week. If not, we'll see you in two weeks. Until then, peace. And we hope we hope that uh this episode wasn't too choppy for you all. I had a lot of technical difficulties. So if it sounds not the greatest and you're a first time listener, I promise it doesn't sound Sorry. like this all the time. So uh, <laughs> apologize. Jerry can we'll work his magic. Time. Exactly. All right. Peace out. Peace.